good news, bad news. It's the Great Reset on Grand Fork's Best Source. And our show today brought to you by Executive Properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Diane says Executive Properties did a roof project and remodeled a bathroom in our house. We were happy with their quality of work, and the projects were completed in a timely manner. We will use Executive Properties for our next home project. Get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701 701- 330-1273. And by the way, Executive Properties also does garage door repairs and replacements. David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition in the studio, as always, during the Great Reset. Any questions or comments, feel free to call or text. Our number here at Grand Fork's Best Source is 701-213-0863, 701-213-0863. And again, because of this show and its content, we will not have it on Facebook or YouTube. But if you want to listen live, go to gfbestsource.com. You click Listen Now. It's live. If you want to chat, click the Twitch link in the upper left corner. And we are on Rumble, too. It's posted on the GFBS Facebook page. So there you go. Before we get too much further into the show, it's time for our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. The reason I'm bringing this one up is because it is one of our topics. And it's kind of something that we talked about a little bit uh, last week. Well, not one of our topics. I'll bring it up. But uh, we did talk about it last week. Here we go. Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Uh, How do you get $1,000 in cryptocurrency? How do you get $1,000 in cryptocurrency? Well, you start with 2000 Yeah, he didn't like that one. All right. Uh, a couple of things I want to talk about. Sleepy Joe's approval rating still hovering uh, at about 40%. Uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, I don't know if you've heard about this. Uh, he's saying that Sleepy Joe's uh, GOP probe is rising to the level of impeachment inquiry. Love to hear that. Uh, total number of illegal aliens who have entered the United States under Joe Biden is more than the population of 35 states. It's estimated, it was estimated at 5.5 million. Now they're saying close to 7 million illegal aliens have found their way into the United States since Sleepy Joe took over. Uh, what else is going on here? The feds have launched a payment system now that uh, lays the groundwork for global digital control over everything. Uh, we did talk about this last week in the Great Reset. And I want to bring up one more thing. Um, this Jason Aldean tune, try that in a small town. Um, David, I don't know if you have happened to see the video, but um, I'm not much of a country music guy anymore. Um, this one did catch me. Now, this song has been called Racist. It was pulled off of CMT. If you don't know what CMT is, it's the country music uh, channel or whatever, country music television. So they pulled this song off of CMT. It has since been uh, put back on, but... Okay, listen to some of these lyrics. Here's Jason Aldean. These are from uh, Try This in a Small Town or Try That in a Small Town. Here's a Jason Aldean lyric. Sucker punch somebody on the sidewalk. But Machine Gun Kelly can sing, then I'll fucking stomp him in the face. Jason Aldean says, carjack an old lady at a red light. Snoop Dogg says, because I'm a pistol-strapping, carjacking whore. Jason Aldean says, pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. Sublime says, the first spot we hit was the liquor store. I finally got all the alcohol I can't afford. Jason Aldean says, you think it's cool? Well, act a fool. If you like, cuss out a cop, spit in his face. Body Count sings, I'm about to bust some shots up. I'm about to dust some cops off. 
Now, everybody's all upset about Jason Aldean's song, but there's no mention of Machine Gun Kelly, Snoop Dogg, Sublime, Body Counter, all these other gangster rappers or whatever they call themselves. Um, now, the whole point of the song is we don't stand for that. Okay, we don't stand for any of that. You know, it's always been a double standard for me. That's what it's always been about, the double standard. You know, what is free speech anyway? And again, that song, uh, since uh, CMT did fire their program director and they hired somebody different. All right, uh, here we go. Welcome to the studio. The one, the only, David Waterman. How you doing, buddy? Good morning, John. I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing all right. You know, um, so this, this, this song from Mr. Dean was was sarcastic i mean it was satire right it was it was actually all videos of like riots and and people spitting in cops's face and and burning buildings and and destroying vehicles and looting and his the whole gist of the song was try that in a small town because we small towners won't put up with it but it it was it was all true stuff and he didn't make any of it up you know it, it it's a great video. If you get a chance, watch it. Like I said, I'm not a country music fan. I do watch the video. I've watched it numerous times, and and it's like watching uh, a small part of of our history, really. Oh, well, it's too bad. So he, so the commentary is on uh, the damage that's been done to our country mm-hmm. by these law enforcement agencies who aren't allowed to do their jobs yes. because of dictates that come down from the mayor or the governor mm-hmm. about not doing that and yeah that's, that's just part of it yeah it's yeah and the, i mean the whole so it almost leads a person to wonder whether or not the whole goal of these people is to destroy america doesn't it, it yeah kind of makes yeah. you wonder that doesn't it yeah and, and how could you pull it off i mean jason aldean has got to be one of country music's biggest stars and they pull off this song <laughs> on country music television uh because they say it's racist <laughs> I don't know. It's all. It was all just real videos, real footage from news. That's all it was. I hate to say this, but uh, but America has certainly in the last ten years, uh, probably in the last, probably in the last twelve years or more, uh, become much more racist than oh, we've ever been. Yeah, uh, well. since the presidency of Barack Obama. Look, he obviously was, you know, he was elected twice, which is really hard for me to believe yep. uh, after the first term, yeah. the, the damage that he did. But um, how is it that a racist country elects a black man twice for president? How oh, I know. Happen? We are so racist. Uh, 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 <laughs> and then when you, when you have things like, you know, that... And the, he didn't even identify as white. George. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, anyway. Well, maybe somebody said because his mother was white, he used his white privilege to uh, to identify as a black man and then run as a black man. Right? Is yeah. that how he did it? Some, yeah. He, that I was his white privilege. A lot of questions. That. Um, so, you know, during the Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman catastrophe, mm-hmm. you remember that? Mm-hmm. George Zimmerman was a, uh, he'd been chosen by the neighborhood as the neighborhood watch yep. captain, right? Yep. The, the, he was like the head guy, and he sees this guy walking around, and it looks suspicious. He's wearing a hoodie. It's raining, and this guy's walking by slowly and looking in the windows of homes at night. And so he uh, he calls it in, 
And he says, there's a suspicious looking guy is peeking in people's windows. Uh, you know, the, he dials 911 and he's talking. And the, and the woman says, um, where is he? And he says, uh, let me find, I'll let you know. He's, I think he's, at, he gets out of his car and goes to follow this guy who turns out to be Trayvon Martin. And, um, and then he gives the location. He's at the, you know, the corner of such and such and so and so, whatever it is. Or gives them street addresses. And the woman in, the, in, in dispatch says to him, are you following him? And he says, yes, I am. And she says, well, you don't have to do that. You know, the, the, so he says, okay. So he stops following him and he heads back to his car. Well, in the meantime, Javon Martin recognized that he was following him, that he's, you know, calls in and whatever, whatever he knew. And he doubles around. So as, as George Zimmerman is heading back to his car, Trayvon Martin jumps him, knocks him on the ground mm-hmm. and starts the, the ground and pound, you know, slamming yep. his head into the sidewalk. And George Zimmerman was carrying thankfully was carrying a, a pistol mm-hmm. inside the waistband and um and Trayvon Martin saw it and he reached for it and he literally said you're gonna die today and he reached for the pistol well George George Zimmerman managed to slap the his hand away he grabbed his own pistol and he shot mm-hmm. Trayvon Martin in the chest and killed him yep and when the when the police showed up and they investigated the whole thing, they, it was obvious that his story was true. Sure. You know, they can see from the evidence and mm-hmm. from what. Okay, so they didn't even charge Zimmerman, but Trayvon Martin's family hired oh, yeah. a. Yeah. They hired a, uh, a public relations firm. Yep. Not a lawyer, a public relations firm to spin the whole story and make it all about race instead of all about uh, this guy who was a grim. Th- this. Trayvon Martin, he's the guy that punched a black woman, had just ripped off a, a, you know, a convenience store or something like that. Um, and so they made it all. And then they showed the pictures of him when he was a little kid. You know, what a sweet oh, little, yeah. little kid sure, he is. Sure. Instead of the thug that he had become. And, and it destroyed George Zimmerman's life and his reputation. I mean, he had to, he, he had to move to a different, uh, different part of the country. Uh, horrible, horrible yeah. what they put him through. Literally, did, and the, the press just ate it up. I mean, they were, they were behind it. So um, what's the point of all this? The president, the, the, the chief executive mm-hmm. of the country, whose, whose goal should be to unite America and Americans, right, to make America strong, he goes on national television, and what does he say? Do you remember what Barack Obama said? No, I do not. I try not to remember anything he said. But He said, if I had a son, he oh, looked yeah. like Trayvon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what's the goal behind a statement like that? Was that to unite the country? When the country is already divided by this... And, and by the way, the way that the press... The way that the press painted both... Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman were grossly, grossly uh, untruthful. They painted Trayvon Martin as an innocent kid who just happens to be trying to walk home in a rainstorm, and and George Zimmerman as some kind of rabid, yeah. racist, white supremacist. Which, and he's not even white. He's, I mean, he George Zimmerman was Hispanic, right? Uh, he'd he'd worked with uh, in a youth program, had black youths over to his home. Not the kind of thing that you'd expect from a white supremacist. Right, right. right. Anyway, uh, 
so let's see. So, um, so why did it, what was the turning point in racist thought or thoughts about race in the United States? And I, if you were to ask me, I would say that even though the communists in America have been trying to do it since the 1940s, there was a massive, a, a noticeable shift during the presidency of Barack Obama. He's the one that really laid the groundwork mm-hmm. for the kind, of, yeah. the kind of vitriol and hatred that we're seeing from American to other Americans based on skin color, based purely on skin color. And who would have thought that after the first black president selected? You know, uh, twice uh, why, by white people. Why don't, um, why don't we riot and do all that? Remember a few years back here, um, a man of color killed his mom, killed a cop, wounded another couple of cops. What was it? Uh, they had a BLM um, march a couple of days afterwards here in Grand Forks. Uh, very peaceful. Now, if it would have been the other way around, um, I don't know what would have happened. But um, these big cities, I have friends, David, that are black. I have a lot of friends around Grand Forks that are. I don't know if any one of them would think that we are racist around here. Uh, I'm sure maybe they know of somebody, but um, it seems like it's always the big cities where everybody is, woe is me. Um, Everybody I know around here, they don't get in trouble. They don't beat people up. They don't carjack people. They don't shoot people. They just want to live in society and and do their part. But people think things for a reason, don't they? So the question is, why do people think that now? Why do do so many black people in America... who have more opportunity than they would anywhere else in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do they think they're oppressed? Yeah. Is it because they're stupid? Is that why? Or is it because they've been fed such a load of nonsense and yeah. garbage so consistently for so long that they've actually started to yeah. believe it? Yeah, uh, they've got the step up in a lot of things, um, like applying for jobs, uh, things like that. Um, also, now California, they're talking about anybody, they should all get a million dollars because there were slaves 200 whatever years ago. Um, whatever happened to the good old U.S. of A, work hard, pay your taxes, pay your bills, get a house, have a family, be happy. Whatever happened to thinking rationally? Yeah, Exactly. So the, my point is that, and this is, the, this is the point, people think things for a reason, and these people are thinking what they're thinking because somebody wants them to think that way. Mm-hmm. You follow me? Yes. Somebody wants them to feel oppressed. Somebody wants them to think of themselves as victims, and somebody wants them to think that they are hopelessly locked into a position in society that they can never escape, that they'll never get ahead. And the fact that we see people, everyone from um, Oprah Winfrey to uh, Denzel Washington, uh, succeeding massively in mm-hmm. this country as people of color, as black people, um, doesn't, doesn't d- d- President Obama, mm-hmm. two terms, that doesn't matter to them. Somehow, they still believe the lie. Yeah. That because of the color of their skin, they can never get ahead. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, so who was the who? Who are the people that are pushing that narrative? Who are the people that want them to feel oppressed and hopeless, so that they will do things like 
riot and uh, do violence to white people and, and, and tear apart the society that they live in, which is essentially messing in their own bed. Yeah, and, and these are the things that um, you don't even want to talk about. You well, know, we, I, we, we we don't want to talk about it because but it's you know so what unpleasant. I mean. Yeah, but we have to talk about exactly, it. exactly, because and, otherwise and, it'll continue. And we yeah, and we shouldn't have to talk about it. it it's like the country is degressing instead of progressing. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't we don't want to talk about it because we don't want it to be happening. But yeah. the fact is, it's happening, and the fact is, it's not happening by accident. It's happening on purpose. Sure. It, it's not mushrooms that pop up after a rainstorm. Mm-hmm. This is all intentional. Right, right. Right. These folks who are feeling so victimized by the very society that (laughs) has rolled out the red carpet to them uh, are believing the things they're believing for a reason. And here's the thing that's really curious. It's not even Barack Obama who was the cause of that. Barack Obama works for the same people that are pushing that narrative. Yeah. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Guess what? They're all old white guys. <laughs> something. That's the tremendous irony of the whole thing. The real racists, the real ones that want to keep blacks down are all a bunch of old white guys yeah. who are operating behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, they're the man behind the curtain. Don't pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. That great old line from The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Yep. But we better pay attention. In yeah. fact, I think it's our job, John, to pull the curtain away. To pull it aside so people can see the man behind the curtain and then and then talk about what, what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Some people will never get it. Some people, you could literally show them exactly what they're doing and how they're doing it, and they're still going to believe the lies that they've been told because they just they don't want to think for themselves. Right? right. But we have to be we have to be willing to at least put the information out there so that people are are, are able to consider it. Um, so there's. Well, I'm, I'm looking at your uh, title today, Good News, Bad News. I know one of the topics, um, free speech, what is it anyway? We, I talked a little bit about that, kind of my monologue there. But um, some of the things uh, I know you want to talk about, uh, China's allies in the United States, I saw where a Canadian uh, citizen just got arrested and in big-time trouble for selling secrets to China. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, always in the news, China is with the United States. You know, um this is a curious thing. The The Holocaust seems like it was like, you know, worlds and ages yes. ago. But it really wasn't that far. I no. Mean, it's, I guess we're coming, what, 35? Coming up on 100 years, mm-hmm. but that's still not as long as, I mean, we consider how fast time goes. That's not that far away. And And if you read history, you'll find that there were a number of companies that participated in the Holocaust by providing products, Krups, for example, in Germany, provided, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that they made ovens to, to, to burn the bodies in uh, that were used in the concentration camps. Oh, yeah. There were other companies. Incinerators. IBM, IBM was responsible for providing computing services for them to tabulate how many Jews they were killing and, and, and how many they needed to kill in order to reach their goals. I mean, there were companies that were actively involved. Other companies actually made torture devices, uh, mass-produced torture devices for, these, for the concentration camp. Doctors, guards, the, the evil people that were holding human beings there against their will. 
And we like to think that that's all in the past, that that doesn't happen anymore. But, you know, in, in, in 2014, a lower court rejected an accusation by some practitioners of Falun Gong. Now, look, Falun Gong is a false religion, okay? It's not true. Mm-hmm. Falun Gong practitioners are not headed for heaven. Truth is truth. Reality is reality. God is who he is. God is real. God is defined and described in the Holy Scriptures. And Falun Gong pr- practitioners don't know him. However, they do participate in a lot of uh, what we would consider to be Judeo-Christian ethics. They believe in truth. They believe in treating other people fairly. They believe in, 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 in responsibility, personal responsibility. They believe in holding to good traditions. They believe in being kind to other people. Okay, Those are good attributes. In fact, those are Christian attributes. And even though they're not Christians... Uh, they hold to those things. And yet, the Falun Gong religion is persecuted in China. You've heard of that, I'm yep, sure. Yep, yep. So in, in 2014, uh, uh, I think it was, um, I'm sorry, in, in 2011, there was a lawsuit filed by adherents to the Falun Gong religion against the American tech company Cisco, You've heard of Cisco. Yep. They, make, they make all kinds mm-hmm. of high-tech stuff. right? And the lawsuit alleges that Cisco supplied technology to help China's communist officials build a vast surveillance network to identify and, and track Falun Gong practitioners. And by identifying who they were and then tracking them, the Chinese Communist Party arrested those people and detained them and tortured them with the help of the technology that they got from Cisco. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the charges that were filed in 2011 alleged that not only did Cisco know that, but that they actually knew what they were doing. So a lower court threw the, the case out in, in, lower district court threw the case out in 2014, and then they appealed. And, um, and here's what it says. This is, this is a, a, an article from, from the Epic Times. <clears throat> uh, the... Uh, The court said, we conclude, the appellate court said, this federal appellate court, they said, we conclude that plaintiff's allegations accepted as true are sufficient to state a plausible claim that Cisco provided essential technological, uh, technical assistance to the dozing of Falun Gong with the awareness, with the awareness that the international law violations of torture, uh, arbitrary, excuse me, arbitrary, sorry, arbitrary detention, disappearance, and extrajudicial killing were substantially likely to take place. U.S. Circuit Judge Marsha Burson wrote in the majority of the two-to-one opinion, reinstating the suit. So, Daozeng uh, is the term that refers to the Chinese by the Chinese Communist Party, referred to, to, to the violent political campaigns to the regimes in, uh, the regime instigates against perceived enemies. So, so they so essentially, Cisco, an American company, aided and abetted the Chinese Communist Party in persecuting their own citizens. That's that's really bad. Yeah, it's good news that this that this appellate court 
is allowing the the case to go forward. Um, but the fact that we have a company that did the same thing that these companies were doing during Nazi Germany to allow people to be rounded up and counted and cataloged and tortured to death is is shocking to me. It, it, it should shock and frighten all Americans because it really, it says something about our our culture, our corporate culture. Certainly in the case of Cisco is a massive company. Oh, I yeah. I don't know what their, what their annual billing is. I'm guessing it's close to, I mean, it's in the hundreds of millions. Yeah, I billion, would imagine. In that, if not a billion dollars, I, I don't know what it is. It'd be nice if we had somebody who could look that up, but, uh, but, but you know, <laughs> Dean, uh, Cisco, Cisco, the company Cisco. Yeah. How, what, what's, I, I just, I'm curious to know what their annual, what yeah, they bill annually. Now, hopefully it doesn't show the Cisco like trucking company. C-I-S-C-O. Okay. C-I-S-C-O, not C-Y. Okay. Right. Um, here's what, here's what it says. Um, the system that was designed, uh, in order to track these people, uh, also builds detailed and constantly updated profiles of suspected and known Falun Gong adherents that Chinese security officers can retrieve anywhere in the country with information including their location, family members, and contacts. Um, this is what the plaintiffs allege. And all 13 plaintiffs, including a U.S. citizen, say they were identified by, it's called, the program is called Golden Shield Technology. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, as participants of Falun Gong-related activities online and suffered detention for months to years at a time during which they were subjected to torture. Quote, the physical torture the plaintiffs endured in detention and while imprisoned in forced labor camps included beatings with steel rods, shocking with electronic, uh, electric batons, sleep deprivation, being forced to sit or stand in prolonged, for prolonged periods of time in painful positions, and violent force-feeding, Ms. Burson wrote. The authorities have alleged that the use of information stored in the Golden Shield system as tools uh, was also used to, uh, to exert mental pressure during these torture sessions. So she also noted Cisco's allegedly, Cisco's allegedly repeated invocation of party rhetoric regarding Falun Gong. This is the part that's the most, I think, perhaps troubling John, listen to this. The company had allegedly marketed its services as useful to the Dozeng, the Dozeng of Falun Gong in early in the early two thousands trade shows in Beijing, and Cisco training session a Cisco training session available in twenty twelve allegedly used quote viruses and pestilence in describing Falun Gong, mirroring party propaganda. So we've got an American company referring to these people as viruses and pestilence in order to market their product to the CCP. Well, Cisco revenue for the 12 months ending April 30th of 2023, $54.897 billion. That's a 6.43% increase year over year. Now, Cisco annual revenue for 2022 is $51.557 billion. That was a 3.49% increase from the year before. And their avenue, uh, their annual revenue for 2021, $49.818 billion, 1.05 increase from the year before. So they went from a 1.05 increase to a 3.49 increase to a 6 6.43 increase. So I undershot uh, significantly on their annual revenue. But you know what? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't 
buy stock in that company. No. If no. it was the last company on earth. Right. They're wow. making money, but how are they doing at what, it? At, at whose expense? Exactly. Yeah. When you sell technology to China, it's bad enough. But mm-hmm. when you sell technology to China, knowing that they're using it to arrest, detain, imprison, and torture their own people to death, or just torture them at all, is hideously mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. So, John, here's my question. This is my question for you. Um, could can so good news bad news the good news is that that cisco is going to court over this now a company that that does what was it 49 billion in revenue a year uh, last year was 54.897 billion yep yeah. okay so almost 54 almost 55 billion in mm-hmm. revenue mm-hmm. they can afford to pay off a lot of people can't they sure can it's a lot of money a lot of people are willing to take uh a little bit of extra cash or maybe a lot of extra cash under the table in order to make things go the way that the big company wants it to go. We've seen that all through COVID. With sure. Big pharma happening. Mm-hmm. And so, so I've got this question for you, just, just personally. Could you ever work for a company that you know? You've, let's say you've got a wife. Let's say you've got children and, and, and you've got a house payment. Right, you've got bills to pay, and you're working for this big company, and then that big company decides to sell to to, to manufacture and sell torture devices to a mm-hmm. to another country like the CCP or even to your own country. Could you keep working for a company like that? Well, you know, you asked me um, if I was married, you know, and I've had children and have a good job and all that stuff. The, the one question you did not ask me, David, um, if I was an American. Yeah, and I an, am asking, an American, so no, I would not. So yeah, so you personally, I'm asking you specifically, nope, nope, I John wouldn't. Roberts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do. So what would you do? You got a wife, family, bills to pay. What are you going to do? I mean, you depend on that paycheck. What would you do if you find out the company that you're working for is doing that kind of evil? Well, I guess I'd start looking for a different job. And once I got my different job, I would probably tell everybody I know not to go to work for that place. I don't know. If you're a true American and you're a patriotic American, kind of what you do. Well, we've we've got, what if it's an enemy? I mean, what if we're doing this for someone who's an enemy of America? Is, is it okay then? Is it okay to produce torture devices for someone who, like, let's say it's Russia and they're torturing, uh, you know, Russian military people or, or um, some other group that we consider to be enemies of, of our country? makes it a little tougher, doesn't it? It does. That, that brings out the human side of me, not the American side of me, you know. Right, so, which relates to what? Because there's something beyond patriotism, isn't there? If America becomes a corrupt and perverse country, then being patriotic is, is a moral failure. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a thing of the past. So the real issue is, and this is something that as Americans, because we've been so, we've had it so easy for so long, mm-hmm. it's allowed us to become very lazy, especially when we have, when we have active enemies of our culture pushing to destroy our, you know what they're, you know what the enemies of our country are really pushing to destroy more than anything? Our morality. Yeah, Right. 
Because if they can that's how it starts. If they can, can if they can convert us from a moral people to an immoral people, then anything goes. Right. 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 We're not going to stand up. We're not going to take a position. We're not going to put ourselves in harm's way to protect someone else just because what's being done to them is evil. It doesn't matter if it's an old. You know, if it's like an old grandma or if it's a young kid or whoever it is, it doesn't matter. If we have no moral compass anymore, why would we risk our own health, safety, security, sure. finances, comfort for someone else? Right. If we have no morality. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think that it's, it's incumbent upon each one of us, John. It's, it's so important for each one of us to define what morality is and why we believe the things that we believe, why we say right is right and why we say wrong is wrong. Because if we can't define morality for ourselves, then when the moral dilemma hits us, we'll be thrown back on our heels and we'll be struggling to try to figure out what do we think about this, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a bad time to make that decision. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. You don't want to have to make that kind of a decision when you're in the heat of the moment where your decision could have grave consequences for you or or the people you love mm-hmm. or people that sure. you don't even know. Right, right. Right. So you've got to have that information in Absolutely. advance. You've got to know that in advance. What's right, what's wrong. Absolutely. So we'll uh we'll take the a little bit more on that question on the second half. All right. Uh, by the way, we did get a text. Biden would rather go into World War III than admit he's been bribed by Zelensky. Anyway, I want to talk about, oh, for heaven's cakes, north back side of the Grand Cities Mall here. I'm telling you what, best cupcakes and cakes, it doesn't matter. Maybe you got a wedding, you got a special occasion, maybe you just want a treat. Stop in, or you can order them by phone. They're open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4, Saturdays 9 to noon. Call them up, 701 757 2253 or go to Cakes at yahoo.com maybe you want to treat your employees to something special if you're a business owner check out their monthly employee discounts love this place find them again at yahoo.com be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall man they got some good stuff good news bad news the great reset David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition in the studio talking about china's allies in the united states and more on this good news bad news edition of the great reset so john do you are you familiar with the name Lori smith which one <laughs> Lori, right? yeah Lori smith is a web designer she lives in colorado okay and that's uh, not the one of the nine i know then okay, okay. yeah <laughs> right. yeah she was she was hired or someone tried to hire her to uh, to 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 produce a gay yep. website. I know who you are now. Or who you're talking about? Yep. Yeah. And she said, "I can't do that because that 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 violates mm-hmm. my personal beliefs about morality." Sure. Uh, and so she was, um, so she was sued, and just like the guy that baked, you know, that wouldn't bake the mm-hmm, gay the wedding cake. Yep. And um, and guess what? We it went all the way up to the Supreme Court, and they got it right. They got it right. She won. They, she won. Yeah. And so it should be. And so it should be. And they won on the basis of the fact that 
we have freedom of speech in this country, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm going to read a little bit about the court's decision. Uh, the, um, I think it was Neil Gorsuch that wrote the, the, uh, the opinion for the majority. And let's see, what he said is, uh, let's see, I'm sorry, I should have, I just read it. Um, I just read it. So the question we face this is that the question we face is whether the cor- whether that course, okay, in the majority, Neil Gorsuch wrote, Justice Neil Gorsuch wrote, Colorado does not does not just seek to ensure the sale of goods or services on equal terms. It seeks to use its law to compel an individual to create speech she does not believe because it was the state that was pursuing her, right? The state was yep. unlawfully and unconstitutionally. Uh, pursuing this woman and saying she's got to do what she thinks is morally offensive. The question we face, again, Justice Gorsuch continues, the question we face is whether that course violates the free speech clause of the First Amendment. In this case, Colorado seeks to force an individual to speak in ways that align with its, with its views but defy her conscience about a matter of major significance. The First Amendment envisions the United States as a rich and complex place where all persons are free to think and speak as they wish, not as the government demands. Justice Gorsuch continues saying, nor in any event do the First Amendment's protections belong only to speakers whose motives the government finds worthy. Mm -hmm. Its protections belong to all including to speakers whose motives others may find misinformed or offensive. That was a great decision. Yeah, oh yeah. And, uh, and I'm really happy that uh, Justice Gorsuch uh, got it right. I think that he explained that very well, clearly. You know, you hear about this stuff all the time. And, and, and it almost, to me, seems like it's turning into the copycat thing uh, where, hey, let's just... Uh, we want to go get a, a cake for a gay wedding or something like that. And, and knowing that there's going to be an issue, why doesn't somebody then, if there are so many of these issues going around in the United States, why doesn't somebody just open up a place and say, hey, we'll make your wedding cake for gay couples only? Yeah, exactly. Why can't they do that then? Right, yeah, exactly. So then somebody like me could walk in there and ask for a, and I'm going to call it normal wedding cake, and they say, well, we can't do that. That's against my beliefs. Then do I have the opportunity to sue them? Or is it because the shoe's on the other feet? We could go, there's many different examples of this kind of stuff, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and, and um, I don't think anybody, if you, if you, <laughs> look, they're going to, if somebody says I, we only do gay wedding cakes, they're not going to stay in business very long. Right. Period. And, and uh, So regardless of what the 10% Club says, the fact is that the number of people who are gay in this country is somewhere between 1% and 2%. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's climbing because they're pushing it in the public school system. Uh, but the, the real number is only between, it's between 1% and 2%. And you can't run a business on 1% or 2%. Right. And, and you know, uh, even going back to what we had, we had talked about earlier uh, with double standards and, and uh, the riots and all that stuff, um, to this day there are still, I believe, black colleges, uh, only black colleges. I don't think that's legal 
to have white only college. No. Um, also, and, and I'm hoping I'm not going to get in trouble for this because, like I said, I, I, I'm not racist at all. But there is no such thing as a United Non-Negro College Fund. Am I, you know what I mean? Well, that's true. But why is yeah. there a United Negro College Fund? Yeah. Why, why can't, right. it, it's a double standard yeah. all the time. Yeah. I'll give you, yeah, and you know what? I've got a, a personal example of that, John. Um, years, about 20-some years ago, I was considering uh, attending seminary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it'd be good to, to get a seminary degree because it's one thing to be a Bible teacher, but it's another thing to actually have a paper that says, see, he really knows what he's talking about. Uh, I'm not a big believer in those papers, but a lot of people are. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? I maybe that's something that God wants me to do. So I was considering it. And I went to a, 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 a there was a seminary that I was checking out in um, just outside Chicago, uh, and in, De- in fact, it was in Deerfield, uh, Illinois, and uh, and I took a tour of the campus, sat in on some classes. I was very impressed with one of the professors in particular. Just amazing, amazing man whose knowledge of scripture and, and biblical history was off the charts. Uh, but afterwards, they had a big Q&A session with everybody that was interested in attending at that school, was able to come and ask questions. And a young black fellow stood up and he said, do you have any financial um, programs, any kind of scholarships for black students? That was his question. Mm-hmm. And the person, oh, yes, absolutely, yes. We have the such and such fund. We've got the so-and-so has a scholarship you can apply for, and we've got this uh, funding that's setting aside for black students. He didn't say for underprivileged black students. Mm-hmm. He didn't say for low-income black students. He just said black students. Yeah. And... That really, really troubled me. It, the question didn't trouble me. The answer troubled sure, me. Sure, sure. And I, I sat back there and I thought, do I dare, do I want to, to, to create the kind of scene that I could by standing up and saying, say, yeah. do you have any kind of special scholarships for white students? Sure, right. But isn't that a valid question? It, I would think it is for someone that says, "Oh, we do have, we've got, we've got, we've got special money mm-hmm. for this color of people, yeah, because yeah. of the color of their skin, and that's it." I should be able to say, "Well, how about the people that with this color? Do you have mm-hmm. any money for them, just based on color alone?" Mm-hmm. And the fact that they answered the way that they did, and I didn't talk with the, I didn't talk with the administrator afterwards. But, John, I, I made a decision right then and there. I'm not going to even apply to this school because they're racist. Sure. Because allotting any kind of special privilege based on color alone is the very definition of racism. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the color is. No. No. Well, if you're brown, you get this. But if you're if you're too dark brown, you don't get it. Mm. And if you're too light, you yeah. don't get it. If you're if you're within if you're within this shade from here to here, then you get this special money. Yeah. Or if you're from here to here, then you can apply and get this position, and you don't have to score as high on the test as right. somebody who's outside that range of shading. Yep. Well, even even when my wife was going to school uh, to get her PhD, um, you have to have an A on a test. Other minorities did not. 
Uh, they could get by with a lower grade. If she did not get the A in the test, she was done. You're done. It's not like you get another chance. You're done. So that's affirmative action, isn't it? And the other ones, they could get a lower grade and could get another chance and could come back and take the class over so again. So think about how insulting that is. Think about if you were, if you were Brown, right? Mm-hmm. And you take that test and say, hey, say, oh, hey, guess what? You're dark enough. You don't have to score as high as those people do. Mm-hmm. What's the message behind that statement? Well, you tell me exactly. Well, you're, Renault, you're too stupid to get the highest <laughs> score. So we're going to grade you on a curve based on the color of your yeah. skin. Because right. people, your skin color ain't smart enough to score that mm-hmm. high. Mm-hmm. So we're going to let you in anyway. Sure. And after all, all you're going to be doing is surgery is on people. <laughs> it don't matter if you can't get it. I mean, that's the most racist. I mean, mm-hmm. that's horribly racist, and it's so demeaning. I mean, how insulting is that? How insulting? Yeah, it is. If, if somebody said to me, hey, you know what, David? Uh, normally, normally um, you got to have an IQ of at least 75 to get in, but I see you don't have much hair, so we're going to make an exception for you. <laughs> I'd say, well, get get away from me. I want nothing to do with sure. you people. Because you can't make that's that's called making wrong, making distinctions among yourselves mm-hmm. that are not fair, that are not based on anything that's moral or right. Right. And that the Bible actually says don't do that. You know, that the Bible actually addresses that. It says mm-hmm. don't do that. Sure. So if we're doing that, we're sinning. I think that's a bad idea. Um, so you mentioned earlier that, uh, what was it on your, the, uh, the things that you said about the illegal immigration? What was that? Uh, total number of illegal aliens who have entered the U.S. under Joe Biden is, uh, got more, it's more people than the population of 35 states, uh, different states in the U.S. It, uh, they estimated at 5.5 million. Uh, now they're saying actually closer to 7 million illegal, illegal aliens since Sleepy Joe took over. And a lot of liberals want to think, uh, because leftists lie to them and they tell them this, that keeping those people out is inhumane yeah. because they want to come to a better place. They, 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 they want to escape whatever persecution. Do you know how many sexual assaults and rape, rapes take, take place in the process of the illegal? Oh, I know. How many of these have been deported? How many times? Right, but the people that make it the, the people that set up the illegal alien transport mm-hmm. into our country, are, they're nasty people. Oh, sure they are. And the rape and the sexual assaults mm-hmm. against women and children is off the charts. But they wouldn't be able to do that if we didn't have these open borders under Joe Biden. Right. So in other words, his so-called, his policy of, of being inclusive and being you know, uh, so, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, humanity, you know, being humane, mm-hmm. uh, allowing these people to come, is actually just the opposite. Because it's actually putting in place uh, this opportunity for these evil men to rape and violate and abuse uh, innocent women and children who they don't know that they're going to experience No, and, and I have no problem with aliens coming in residing in the united states if they do it 
legally. Do you know how many under President Trump, do you know how many, what the policy was? Do you know how many legal immigrants we brought into our country every year under President Trump? No, I don't. One million. Okay. One million. A lot. That's a lot. It is. I think that's a pretty good number. It sure is. Of people who can legally come to this country. They get their papers. they they, They have legal status. They are literally... American citizens. They are, yeah. One million new American citizens. But this, 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 this opening the floodgates and allowing these people to flood in, and, and it's not just women and children that are being abused, it's Americans that are being abused because a lot of people that are coming over are, are criminals. Yes. So clearly, the, I think it's very clear that the goal behind all that is not to provide humanitarian aid. It's to destroy America. What just happened in, uh, in Holland? Listen to this. The Dutch government has collapsed. Oops. The Dutch government has collapsed after failing to reach a deal on on restricting immigration, which will trigger new elections in the fall. The crisis was triggered by a push by Prime Minister Mark Root's conservative VVD party to limit the flow of illegal immigrants into the Netherlands, which two of the four parties in his coalition government refused to support. He wants to restrict illegal immigration into his country. And they're saying, nope. So the government collapsed over that. Um, whatever happened to common sense? I mean, went out the door what, a what, long what, time ago. Went a long time ago. How do we get it back? Well, start watching shows like ours, Common Sense Uncensored, Monday afternoons. There's, there's, and then. Uh, <laughs> You, first off, people got to start saying something about it. Don't just read things and, and listen to it on your mainstream media. Um, do something about it. Read it. Find out more. Do the research and stand up. Too yeah. many of us are sheep. Too many of us are told what to do, and you're going to like it. Let me just do it. No, stand up. Stand right. up. You're an American. Take a little bit of time to get informed and then, and then push back. Yes. That's how you stand exactly. up. Exactly. This woman, Lori Smith, she stood up. She's the owner of 303 Creative, right? Mm-hmm. That's her company, 303 Creative. Guess what? Guess what happened after she won uh, after the, there's a June 30th um, decision, landmark decision by the U.S. Supreme Court. Guess what happened? She, she is facing a barrage of increasingly intense harassment, including death threats. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Because she won, and she doesn't have mm-hmm. to produce a gay mm-hmm. website against her will, against yeah. her moral values. She says, quote, this is a quote from her, especially in the last week, despite the victory last week, I do continue to face horrific attacks. People saying they hope I would be raped. Jeez. They want to burn my house down. They know where I live and they want to come and kill me and my family. You know, here's what I want to know. When the whole gay rights thing was first, you know, percolating and, and spilling over into all areas of our country, and the whole thing about we need to be able to let, we need to have men be able to marry men and women be able to marry women. And, and here was, what was the message? They said, it's about love. It's about love. You can't regulate who loves who. You can't say who loves who. It's about love. Well, I want to, where's the love for Lori Smith? Yeah, right. 
What kind of love is that? Obviously not spiritual people. Obviously. I mean, how, 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 how do you define love? If it's all about love, why are these people wanting to see her get raped and, and have her house burned down and kill her and her family? That sure doesn't sound very loving to me. These people that are behind this, you know what? It has nothing to do with love, John. It has nothing to do with love. Two men marrying two men, that has nothing to do with love. It has to do with destroying the, the, the foundations and the, the institution of marriage on which our society is built. Uh, you know, we, we, judgment comes to all of us. Someday, every single one of us is going to stand before God and give an account for the things he or she did in this lifetime. Every single one of us. You know how many people, you know who escapes the judgment of God? Uh, the people that are, who know his son, Jesus the Messiah. The people who've put their faith and trust in him, they escape judgment. They're the only ones. You know why? Because Jesus t- took the judgment on their behalf. But everybody else is going to stand before God and be judged for the things that they do. And, and I think most people don't think about that a lot. I sure don't think that that's a big topic of conversation among BLM. Yeah, right. Or among Antifa. Mm-hmm. Or among any of the people who are trying to destroy our country and the Christian morals and values that made our country as strong and great as it, as it used to be and can be once again, if that's possible. We need to think about that. We need to think about who God is. We think, need to think about the things that he said, what defines what's right, what defines what's wrong. It's based on him, not on us mm-hmm. or what we think. Sure. So if God, for example, if God says that homosexual activity is wrong, that means it's wrong. If, if he says that it's wrong for a man to have sex with another man, that means it's wrong. Let me ask you a question, John. Here's a theological question for you. Is it wrong for a, for a game, for a man that's, it has same-sex attractions, to be attracted to another man. It is wrong. Listening? Yeah. Is it wrong for him to, be, to, to have that attraction? I, to me, I'd say it's wrong. Okay. Is it wrong for you to be attracted to a beautiful woman that you're not married to? Uh, no. Why not? I don't know. It's just, it's just the way we're wired, I guess. That doesn't mean anything, though. I mean, I could be attracted what, what means, to a really nice-looking boat, too. Okay, you know? but, so, but you said it doesn't mean anything. So what does mean something? If that doesn't mean anything, what does mean something? Well, somebody you could spend the rest of your life with. Somebody that right, you... Right, right, right. No, no, no. I'm sorry. So let's say that we've got this beautiful woman sitting right here wearing a really flimsy bikini. <laughs> And she's put together really well. And you're sitting there and you are attracted to her. You say that that's not wrong. So what would be wrong? I don't know if attracted is the right word. I could say good what if, looking. What if you're turned on by her? I wouldn't be. Oh, okay. Because I'm not going to go down this road Okay, right what now. if it was a good looking guy that was sitting there <laughs> uh, in a bikini? No. Uh, no here's, here's, Speedo, man. Here's my point. Here's my point. You know what the Bible calls that? They call that temptation. Sure, yep. So if you have you find yourself attracted to someone that uh, that you're not married to, mm-hmm. sexually attracted, emotionally attracted, whatever kind of attraction it is, that's called that's called temptation, right? Because you're tempted to do more than just be attracted, right? With I me? I don't know if attracted and temptation are the same thing. 
Okay, well, if you're... I mean, I could be, like I said, I could be attracted to that boat, but I'm not going to be tempted to go buy it because I know I can't. Okay, what if you, what if you, so how, how would you define coveting? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what coveting is. Uh, the biblical definition is coveting is, is deeply wanting something that you don't have. Something that belongs to someone else. So when you see me drive out of here on my F-150 and you say, well, I've got a Ram, but boy, I wish I had an F-150 like that. In fact, I want that one. Ah, Waterman's F-150, that's the nicest one I've ever Mm -hmm. seen. I love that truck. Man, you know, if something happened to him, that'd be sure nice if his wife would give that to me. (laughs) Because I could see myself driving around in that. Okay, yeah. Okay, coveting means that you have a deep desire for something that doesn't belong to you, an unhealthy desire. Not just that you say, man, David, that's a nice truck. You must love that truck. Uh, Farmer friends of mine would say, it's not a truck, it's a pickup. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what coveting is. Coveting someone else's wife is wrong, okay? Bible says that. Don't covet your neighbor's wife. In fact, it says don't covet your neighbor's ox or donkey or animal or anything that's your neighbor's. Don't covet what belongs to someone else. You know why? Because that's a temptation that could lead to stealing. Okay. Right? You think about it long enough, you start convincing yourself, you know, I deserve that. I'm going to go take it. Being attracted to someone sexually or emotionally is not wrong. But if you're already married to someone else, that's a temptation. Right. Is is temptation sin? No, it's not. I'll tell you the answer. Here's the answer. No, it's not sin. You know how I know? Because the Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every way that's common to man. In other words, Jesus was tempted in the same way that you're tempted, John. He was tempted in the same way that I'm tempted, the difference between us and Jesus is he never followed through on any of those temptations. He was tempted, but he resisted the temptation. So if you are a guy who is attracted to other men and you see a good-looking guy and you're tempted to start thinking about him sexually... That's not a sin. That's just temptation. Temptation turns to sin when you start really focusing on that, right? Yeah. It's called lust. Sure. Right. So having same-sex attractions isn't a sin. It's, it's, it's following through on them. Just like as a married man, being attracted to another beautiful woman that you're not married to, that's not a sin. The sin is if you go down that path and begin lusting after that person. Does that make sense? It does. So I, I just think it's important to have moral clarity about not just those things, but about everything. So people say, oh, you just hate gays. No, I don't hate gays at all. Actually, I feel sorry for them. I feel sorry for them because they have to struggle with it. And, and there used to be a way for them to go and get help, and it's just not available anymore. So how do we define moral clarity? I think that's a good topic for another show. Next week. Let's do it next week. (laughs) Thank you, David. Thank you, John. There you go. Good news, bad news. The Great Reset. I love this show. Could go on and on and on. David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition. Our show today, by the way, brought to you by Churchill Shoes. 
Churchill Shoes has moved. One of the largest SAS dealers in the upper Midwest is now in the Grand Cities Mall and ready to find you a pair of shoes that you will love. At Churchill Shoes, they measure both feet to make sure you're getting the proper fit. They carry men's and women's styles and offer free special orders when shoes aren't in stock and free in-town delivery. Churchill Shoes has operated in Grand Forks for over 65 years and over 75 years of shoe fitting experience on their staff and can cater to all of your footwear needs. Open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and Saturday from 9 to 3. Call 701-772-8256 or online at churchillshoesnd.com. Next time you're in need of footwear, give us a try. Your feet will be glad you did. Churchill Shoes in the Grand Cities Mall. All right. By the way, Grand Forks City Chatter is on today at 1 o'clock. We'll be talking with City Council Member Tricia Lunsky. Tomorrow, we're going to be with the dogs. Doc Dogs. Finn and Indy will be in with their owners, Derek Gustafson and Jeff Lundeby. We're going to talk about what these Doc Dogs do and where you can see them this weekend in action. Uh, I guarantee it, if you've never seen Doc Dogs, you are going to dig it. Tune in and remember to like, share, tag, and follow us. Hit that notification bell on your smartphone. You'll never miss a show that way. It's awesome. You know, the Grand Cities, what a great place. They're still here. Grand Fork's best source is giving them an identity again.